0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Flutter Spaces. The date is February 21st, 2024. And today we're talking, at least nominally, about Flutter's roadmap for 2024. Marco, welcome. Good to see you here. By the way, I'll be running solo today. Ray can't make it. So Marco, if you'd like to join me on stage, feel free to jump up. The same invitation goes for the rest of the audience. If anybody would like to come up on stage and uh, and talk about the roadmap, ask questions, provide commentary, just hit that mic button and I'll bring you up on stage and you can join me. But I figured uh, it was worth at least giving the community an opportunity to talk about the roadmap, given it's a new thing the team has released. Maybe it has some things that you want. Maybe it's missing some things that you want. figured we could take a look. So I haven't done a, uh, a real deep read through this document yet. Maybe I'll read some of it to the group. Again, that's going to be pretty boring if you don't ask any questions, but we can give that a try and see if we learn some stuff. The roadmap is posted on the wiki. So if you go to github.com, you can go uh, github.com slash flutter slash flutter slash wiki slash roadmap and that will show you the current 2024 roadmap. The roadmap states that it's aspirational. It represents some of what our most active contributors to Flutter and Dart have told us they plan to work on this year. It is in general difficult to make any guarantees about engineering work, and it is all the more so for open source projects with hundreds of contributors. I don't know if I entirely agree with that, because as you know, as much as the uh, the Flutter team likes to talk about community, 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 uh, by far the lion's share of what's in Flutter is built, designed, built, discussed, contributed by the Flutter organization at Google. So sure, there are some people on the outside who are going to do some things you can't promise, but I I think it's a little silly to pretend that that it's as if the Google organization represents. You know, 5% of Flutter contributions. That's just not accurate. So, for the core framework and engine, we continue to focus on quality and performance with Impeller. We plan on completing the iOS migration to Impeller by removing the Skia backend on iOS. On Android, we expect that Impeller will support Vulkan and OpenGL ES. In the near term, we will also have an opt out to use Skia instead. Additionally, we would like to improve impeller testing infrastructure to reduce regressions in production. I saw a post I think from Material Mike showing some uh, some interesting failures of impeller. So that's they should definitely do something to reduce the regressions for sure. Especially given impeller remember impeller was kind of the the thing that forced the team to create impeller was there kept being blog posts and videos showing jankiness on iOS, and it was creating so much negative publicity for Flutter that they actually had to go off and build their own rendering engine. So they definitely shouldn't get back to the world of, of publicly visible bugs and things like that. So it's good if they improve that infrastructure. By the way, as more of you join, I'm walking us through the Flutter roadmap for 2024. As always, anyone's welcome up on stage. Balmik, uh, I see you've joined us as a regular. Welcome. Anyone's welcome on stage. You can We can have some discussions about what we're happy about, unhappy about in the roadmap. But otherwise, unless or until people join me on stage, I'm just going to keep reading through the document so that I know what's in here and you guys do as well. For the core framework, we expect to complete the effort to fully support Material 3, We're also investigating options to generalize the core framework to better support the adaptations needed to meet design expectations on Apple devices, such as app bars and tab bars. Not entirely sure what that means, but in general, the ability to create a more diverse set of UIs is important. I I do think that Flutter has really gone way too material over time. Work is also expected to continue on blank canvas. So that's something that Ian has been working on. I think it's his project entirely. I don't know, he he might be accepting outside contributions, but I think it's his repo. I think he's running it. I think it's all him as far as I'm aware. Then the roadmap talks about mobile Android and iOS platforms. In 2023, we started an initiative to support multiple Flutter views. In 2024, our plan is to extend this support to Android and iOS. We're also working on improving the performance and test coverage, testability of platform views. So I'm not entirely sure what they mean by multiple Flutter views. I don't know if that's a reference to the infrastructure eventually needed for multi-window. Um, since since back when I was on the team, we've had the ability to run multiple Flutter views on mobile you know, I I did a lot of that work on Android I worked on what was called Add to App. That was the ability to add Flutter screens to an existing Android app. But by making that work, it was also possible that you could have a single Android activity with two or three or four entirely separate Flutter views and Flutter engines. Um, So I'm not entirely sure what they mean when they say support multiple Flutter views. If any of you know, again, come up on stage and let me know what that means. Going back to the roadmap, we'll continue to modernize iOS offerings by enabling supporting the latest Apple standards, such as the Privacy Manifests and Swift Package Manager. We'll also investigate needed support for future Android releases. On Android, we'll look into supporting Kotlin and Android build files. So for those of you that aren't necessarily familiar with Android build files, uh, in the early days, I believe it was Maven was the build system and the build configuration then along came Android Studio and Gradle. Gradle build configurations use a language called Groovy. And in more recent years, the, the standard and the current Android programming language, which is Kotlin, can now be used to write the build configuration files. So it means that those Gradle files, the Groovy code in there will be replaced with Kotlin. So the roadmap says on Android, we'll look into supporting Kotlin and Android build files. The roadmap also says interop is important to interface with native code from Dart. We expect to complete the work to support invoking Objective-C code directly from Dart and we'll investigate support to invoke Swift code directly. Likewise for Android, we'll continue work on the support to call into Java and Android. We'll also look into better support for calling APIs that might only be invoked on the main OS slash platform thread. I'm a pretty big fan of that work. Dart FFI, when it's done well, I mean, I guess this maybe isn't technically Dart FFI. I'm not sure if they're considering it that or not, but it essentially is in terms of how you would use it. I think Dart FFI, what done well, opens lots of doors so that Dart developers can more easily access non-Dart things while still doing it in a Dart way, which is better. It's better for developing our expertise. We don't have to spend so much time going down a rabbit hole of of how to write the the Swift code that interops with the Dart code, or how to write the Java code that interops with the Dart code. It'd be a big time saver and it'll let us go further. Going back to the roadmap we're seeing an increasing trend that larger Flutter apps often start as hybrid apps, an app that contains both Flutter code and some Android iOS platform code slash UI. Again, that's, uh, that's what I worked on from 2018 to 2020. Uh, Roadmap says, we'll look into how we can better support this, both in terms of performance overhead and developer ergonomics. Then we get to the web platform. We'll continue to focus on performance and quality, including investigating reducing the overall application size, better use of multi threading, supporting platform views, improving app load times, making Canvas Kit the default renderer, improving text input, and investigating options for supporting SEO for Flutter Web. A few interesting things here. Certainly, I think going all in on Canvas Kit is the right move. I think the browser should have been and will eventually become essentially a portable operating system and as a portable operating system it it can't be it can't be tied to this html css document object model stuff that was always a bit of a hack it's still a hack today flutter as a generic user interface toolkit should be rendering with canvas kit it should be arbitrary rendering arbitrary layout algorithms so I think Flutter should go all in on that and focus on how to make that possible on the web. Improving text input is called out here, which is good. As some of you know, maybe others of you don't know, I'm the original creator and the, the tech lead for Super Editor, which is an open source document editing toolkit for Flutter. So you can build your own document editor. Think about you know, maybe build something like uh, you know Google Docs or something like that with Flutter, You can do that with Super Editor. So I've been filing lots of issues for years against Flutter related to text input. The browser integration in particular, across the board, they have some major things they need to improve, but the browser in particular has weird wrinkles when it comes to text input. And we've either been blocked by or we've had to work around a lot of weird things that happen in the browser when you start trying to, to type general text input. I don't know if SEO for Flutter Web is a a good idea or not. Certainly, people have been clamoring for it for years, but it's always struck me as as a misunderstanding in terms of what Flutter is. Flutter is a user interface toolkit. It's not a web scraper interface toolkit. It's not a robot interface toolkit. Really, SEO is a concern that exists at the server side. Web scrapers go, they access all these URLs all around the web, and whatever your server gives to the web crawler, that needs to be search engine optimized and accessible. But it seems a bit backwards to me that Flutter, this thing that renders pixels and it handles gestures, that Flutter would try to talk to a web crawler. So I'm I'm conflicted on that. I'm worried that if Flutter goes down that route, they're going to make trade-offs that hurt the actual purpose of Flutter, but I guess we'll see where they end up. By the way, welcome to the new audience members who have joined us. To recap what we're doing, we're just talking about Flutter's 2024 roadmap. Anybody is welcome up on stage. So if you want to join me to ask questions or to provide commentary, just hit that mic button, I'll bring you up on stage unless or until people join me on stage, I'm literally just reading through the 2024 roadmap and providing my thoughts along the way. So going back to the roadmap under web platform, the last thing they mention is we also plan to resume work to support Hot Reload on the web. That's a big one, I will say. So I all of my current marketing pages, like if you go to superdeclarative.com, if you go to flutterbountyhunters.com, if you go to blog.flutterbountyhunters.com, all of those web pages are rendered with Flutter. Uh, and I, even without SEO, even even with the the large download size and all that, I just say fine, I'll pay the cost. I want to really press Flutter as far as I can, so they're all rendered with Flutter. And I will say that as I develop those user interfaces, it is pretty annoying that every time I save a change, the whole web page reloads. So I think it's great if we can get hot reload on web, and I think a lot of people have been asking for that for quite some time. Then we get to desktop platforms. The roadmap reads, while we expect the majority of our time to be spent on mobile and web platforms, we are still planning some advancements on desktop platforms. We're hoping to make progress on supporting platform views on macOS and Windows, and with that, enable support for things like WebView. Uh, One note here on platform views for Mac. I have some YouTube channels, and on those YouTube channels, I have a pretty consistent format for my videos, like an intro, content, outro. What I've done to make my life easier is I've used, I built a package that wraps FFmpeg at the command line. It doesn't actually directly run FFmpeg like as a, binary or anything, but I took a bunch of the inputs from FFmpeg at the command line and I represented them in Dart so that I could essentially compose FFmpeg commands in Dart. And then around that package, I created a package called Cutting Room, which allows me to compose video editing the same way that you compose widgets. You know, you have widgets inside of widgets inside of widgets. You have columns and rows and stacks. Well, I took A similar approach to cutting room where I can have videos layered on top of other videos and they start and stop at different timestamps. One thing I've wanted to do for quite some time is to create a Flutter app that uses that package to essentially build a lightweight video editor. Here's been the problem for quite some time. If you're gonna build a Mac OS app that plays video like that, you need platform views but Mac hasn't had platform views in Flutter. So the people who have been trying to play videos that way, they've just kind of been blocked. I don't. I, there has been some progress on that over the last couple of years, but if the roadmap is saying that they still don't have support for platform views on Mac, then my guess is that capability still doesn't exist. So here again, I support them integrating those platform views so that we can get unblocked and some of the cool things that we can do on Mac OS and Windows. On Linux, our focus will be on GTK4 support and accessibility. I'll be honest, I have no idea what that means because I'm not a Linux user. On all platforms, we will continue our work on supporting multiple views from one Dart isolate with the eventual goal of supporting multiple windows rendering from one widget tree. That last one is big, multiple windows. Uh, I... uh, Recently, I've been working on building a time tracker for my team at the Flutter Bounty Hunters. We've been using Toggle for for years, but I wanted to build a time tracker that's specific to the way that we log hours and our different levels that we charge and things like that. And eventually, it'll also automatically generate invoices. And one thing that quickly becomes obvious when you start building a desktop app is that in the world of desktop apps, multiple windows are used all the time. Even for something like a drop-down list, you might notice that when you're using a desktop app, your drop-down list is allowed to exceed the bounds of your overall app, and that's because it's a different window. So imagine a world where you only get one window, and that's where we are right now with Flutter. The desktop experience, I think, desperately needs multi-window support. You can't you can't build... Uh, uh, Photoshop, multiple windows. IDEs, multiple windows. Slack, multiple windows. You really can't build a compelling desktop app if you can't launch multiple windows in your same app. I see we're getting a bit of uh, churn here in the audience. So for those of you who are just joining us, I'm walking us through the Flutter roadmap for 2024. Anybody is welcome to join me on stage. If you want to ask questions or provide commentary, you just hit that mic button, I'll bring you up on stage. But unless or until somebody joins me, I'm just walking us through what's here in the public roadmap. Now on to ecosystem. We're planning on collaborating with AI frameworks to support a new era of AI powered Flutter apps. We are not planning on expanding the set of Flutter dev plugins we maintain, but we will rather focus on raising the quality of the existing plugins and resolving core feature gaps. For example, investigating an updated shared preferences API that better supports use of isolates and add to app use case. We'll also support community initiatives like Flutter favorites. We'll also continue to add support for building casual games with Flutter as a joint effort with the Flame community. Tooling and AI. We hope to integrate with AI solutions to offer AI assistance for core programming tasks. We'll also continue to collaborate with Google's IDX team and explore integration with design tools. Programming language. The Dart team expects to complete the assessment of the viability of supporting macros in Dart. And in 2024, either ship the first phases of supporting them or if we discover unmitigatable architectural issues, abandon the effort. Key use cases for macros include serialization, deserialization, data classes, and general extensibility. I've been torn on macros the whole time. They've been discussed for, I don't know, a couple of years at least. On the one hand, the power is great. There's lots of things you can do with them. On the other hand, I am sure that lots of Dart developers will grossly abuse macros, and we will drastically increase the average complexity of Dart code because developers will use the most complex tool to solve the simplest problems. So I'm, I'm torn on macros personally. Back to the roadmap. We'll investigate a number of more incremental language features, such as syntax changes to reduce verbosity, for example, primary constructors, and import syntax shorthand, and better support for statically checked variants. Finally, we'll look into reuse of Dart business logic in more places and more pluggability extensibility for Dart, for example, in DevTools and Analyzer. Releases, we plan to have four stable releases and 12 beta releases during 2024, similar to 2023. We're still not planning, this is non-goals, we're still not planning on investigating in built-in support for code push or hot updates. For code push, our friends at shorebird.dev may have offerings of interest. For UI push, also known as server driven UI, we recommend the RFW package. That concludes the official roadmap for 2024. I'd love to get any of your thoughts about what's here and what's not here. Would anybody like to join me on stage to talk about it? If not, I've got no co-host today. So this is going to be a pretty short discussion if nobody wants to talk about the roadmap. I'm surprised that none of you want to express strong opinions about the roadmap. Okay, looks like we have one request here. Hey, Sabasla, I apologize if I'm
1: mispronouncing that, but do you have any thoughts you'd like to share about the roadmap? Hey, Matt, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. And yes, of course, I, well, there's something that I thought about what you said about macros, that it's going to increase the overall complexity of dark projects. I think, or what, what I least I think it's going to be the most helpful whip is going to be with, you know, boilerplate boilerplate generation. Like, you know, those methods like copy with and those type of things. As far as I know, it's like those one of the things that we could benefit from with those macros.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, though. Those are the use cases that make sense. Because like, even though I'm kind of negative on macros in terms of of what I think is going to end up happening, I don't I don't want to suggest they're not useful. They're very useful. Lots of cases where they would reduce the work we have to do. And I agree with you. If we can remove a bunch of boilerplate, that's great. I just worry that developers will also use macros in a bunch of places where they actually make things worse and not better. And so I'm just, I keep waffling between wanting them and not wanting them. But they're probably going to be here. We're probably going to work with them.
1: So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I understand. Well, it's going to be like everything else. And some other point that I want to talk about is the multi-window support because right now I'm also developing a macOS application and Windows. And I'm lacking that, bro. I'm, I feel that we definitely need the multi-window support. So I'm going to do my best so we can all together push so we can get that as soon as possible.
0: Great. Yeah, by all means,
1: uh, upvote stuff, talk about
0: it, socialize it. <clears throat> let's, see, let's see if we can pressure the team to do it. So I agree with you completely. I'm looking forward to multi-window support for sure. And uh, we've also been joined here by Taha, Eric, and Mehmet. So let's, we'll go in order just to keep it, to make sure everyone has a chance to speak. But then after that, uh, I welcome any group conversation you want to have. So Taha, let's start with you. Then we'll go to Eric, then we'll go to Mehmet. Hello.
2: Mic is off. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, this is my first time on uh, Flutter Spaces or Twitter Spaces. Uh, I don't really have much to say because uh, I'm very unopinionated. I don't have any uh, opinion on like on the topics that you have discussed. Uh, I do agree these things would be really nice to have, uh, but I don't usually work on a product, so I can I can't understand the the frustration some of the users have. But personally, um, I'm very optimistic. I just think that it's very early. Uh, We don't know how things will go. Uh, Just uh, the the roadmap was just released recently. Uh, From my perspective, uh, it looked like there was a lot of mention of continuing stuff, like continue. There were eight mentions of continue uh, in the roadmap. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Like there is a lot of investment already and there will be
0: investment in the future, hopefully that's it sounds good well taha thanks for joining us today and coming up on stage Uh, as always these conversations are much more interesting when i'm not the only one talking so i always appreciate when others come up here and join me and hopefully you'll be able to join us more in the future as before we go to eric in just a moment as a reminder to the audience we try to do these every wednesday at 12 p.m pacific Uh, you can also go to flutterspaces.com where we post Uh, The tweets for these spaces, as well as I convert these into podcasts and and they're available there. So I hope that uh, all of you will keep joining us and more and more we'll have discussions like this. With that, Eric, would you like to uh, opine about the Flutter 2024 roadmap? Uh,
3: thank you for the invitation. Um, yeah, I, I, I uh, didn't want to let you uh, speak alone, but uh, I have few, few, um, few things on, on mind about uh, about the, the roadmap. First, about the the new feature in uh, in Dartlang in Dart uh, macro. I, I I don't really think it will be worse than. Uh, Uh, build runner and maybe it will help uh, to have a a better experience uh, to replace uh, a lot of package based on build runner Uh, and on the other side um, for me i personally think then i'm a flutter trainer and uh, until uh, dart 3 I always say that Dart is a sim- simple, easy language. Uh, you cannot really write uh, uh, exotic or weird s- stuff in, in this language. And it was good. And uh, with Dart 3 and pattern matching and uh, records, uh, things are not uh, so easy anymore. But uh, after a few months, uh, I, I really enjoy this uh, this feature. and. Uh, uh, maybe you can do uh, uh, not very good things w- with this new feature, but it's uh, it's a good. Uh, there are good tools uh, helping uh, in the in the um, daily work. Uh, you know, you know, yeah, you, you It's it's more expressive. You can do great things. So I'm not really afraid with macro because it will not be so easy to grow to write a lot of macro I am not sure that that is a, a danger uh, and the other thing in the roadmap uh, it's a blank uh, blank canva for the or blank uh, widget I don't remember the, the name uh, the name code for a widget uh, uh, without the material um, layer and uh, i'm very excited i don't think it will be ready uh, in this year but uh, i think it it could be uh, great to have a a less uh, tainted um, foundation to 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 build to build a a widget design system and a a lot of components Uh, now material uh, material one uh, material one, material two, material three and now with uh, a new new uh, system of color now uh, it, it makes sometimes uh, things uh, more complicated uh, for for simple case uh, uh, it's not uh, always uh, practical or useful. So that was my two cents.
0: <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I, I think you're right that things that are currently done with build runner will be more easily done in general with macros. And also, a blank canvas is the package that you're referring to. It's something that Ian has created, and I believe is leading. Uh, certain, like my view on the Flutter framework is that Material and Cupertino shouldn't even be in the framework. That was a mistake from the beginning. There there were some reasons for it, but it it was a mistake. Um, material should be its own package on pub. Cupertino should be its own package on pub. And then the framework should be, uh, style agnostic widgets. It seems like blank canvas is now an external package that is perhaps trying to create the widgets that should actually be in the framework because the widgets in the framework should be outside the framework. Uh, that's, it's probably good that the work is being done. I do wonder what kind of support Blank Canvas will have if the community adopts it heavily to get away from material. Well, what's? how do we keep that package going? If it's Ian's pet project, then he'll do what he can. But as far as I know, there's not any funding model for it. So when there's a lot of demand, how does it actually spin up higher throughput. I don't know the answer to that yet. I guess we'll find out. Uh, We'll know more by the end of this year about whether Blank Canvas is really going to catch on as something or not. So, Eric, thanks for your thoughts. Mehmet, did you want to jump in with any Flutter Roadmap thoughts? Uh,
4: Hello. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I just want to uh, talk about uh, for the Roadmap web platform, uh, Flutter Web. Uh, actually, what I can see, uh, there are a couple of improvements and uh, planning improvements there. Uh, like, I, I'm mostly interested about uh, performance. Uh, like, uh, like because uh, honestly, I don't find uh, Flutter Web is good. Uh, like, it's, 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 it, I don't think it's it's very well uh, when I compare it, especially with other platforms, other native platforms, iOS, Android, like even uh, the desktop is better than web from my perspective. uh, There are some limitations. Uh, I saw also there is one thing is, um, uh, one highlight is uh, I interested that, bit. like it says better to use of multi-trading. Is that mean that we can use Dart isolates, uh, like multi-trading? And uh, is that means we can use that, uh, same like other platforms because I think there are some limitation on web platform. We cannot uh, use this kind of like isolation, and it's, I think it's affecting performance too much. Things like especially for the other API calls, other things we want to make them uh, in another threads, uh, isolate them. But I think it's not that possible on Flutter web. Just I want to discuss about those things.
0: I'm not sure. I noticed any discussion of multi-threading in this roadmap. There was discussion of multiple Flutter views through a single Flutter or single Dart isolate, but that that's multiple views to one isolate. That's not multiple isolates to one view. Uh, it says. Was there
4: a- I think you also mentioned about it at uh, the beginning of the... Like, it says like better to use multi, multi-threading. Isn't it like that, something like that, or is it something different? Are you reading it? Are you able to point to a section of the document? Uh, it's on under the web platform. Uh, it says, uh, we will continue to focus on performance and quality. This is first part. And then second one, including investigating and reducing overall mm-hmm. application size. And then third one is better to use multi-trading.
0: Okay. But, yeah. It's a little unclear what they mean by that. But I, I think that perhaps what they're referring to is what the flutter engine is doing for you rather than what you would do as the flutter developer that's my guess so mm-hmm. uh, but uh, unfortunately a lot of this is so kind of vague that it's not it's not clear what some of these things mean and i'm not sure what the better use of multi-threading technically means here
4: uh okay then it's something like still uh, i think there won't be that much effect and I, I i don't know uh like uh, like to to many years i was waiting for the flutter web it's better but i think it's not comparable still not uh, very well same as other native platforms just i wanted to talk about it yeah that's that's it thank you for thank you for the answer sure thanks for your input and yeah. i i think
0: i think probably most of us are in agreement about that Again, I, I've built all of my marketing pages with Flutter. Um, so I'm, I'm using Flutter web for the exact purpose that the Flutter team tells us we're not supposed to use it. Uh, so I'm, I have run into plenty of annoying details. And so I agree, it's Flutter. Flutter is a much more holistic and easy to use tool on Android, iOS, Mac, Windows, Linux than it is in the browser. At the same time, I think it's important that Flutter get to the point where that's not true. I think it's important that you know, if, if Flutter is going to bill itself as painting the same pixels, handling the same gestures, being a true portable user interface toolkit for all the different deployment targets, well, the browser is a pretty big deployment target. They need to figure out how to make Flutter as great in the browser as it is on a phone, a tablet, or a desktop machine. And I'll actually go a little bit further than that to tie back to our multi-window support. I think Flutter needs to pretty quickly here add support for Vision OS. And when I say Vision OS, I don't mean that Flutter should be doing 3D stuff in spatial computing. I mean that Vision OS, a lot of its use is to bring up two-dimensional windows around you. Those are regular apps. And right now, all of those windows that come up in Vision OS are going to be coded in Swift UI. Well, Swift UI, what I've said previously is that Swift UI currently is the only major and legitimate competitor to Flutter that when developers are deciding which UI toolkit am I going to invest in, Flutter and Swift UI are kind of the big ones. Jetpack Compose is trying trying to come along, but really I think Flutter and Swift UI is where the whole market is right now. The longer that Flutter waits to support Vision OS, the more developers are gonna go start learning Swift UI. And once they know Swift UI, why come learn Flutter? obviously if you want multi platform you come to flutter but think about how many developers have built their entire career around just building for apple stuff so if somebody goes to invest in learning swift ui that's a, that's a path right into the apple ecosystem and they and they might never consider learning flutter but if flutter creates a deployment target in division os just like a deployment target for ios just like a deployment target for mac Then we can start sending Flutter developers into Vision OS, and they won't become Swift UI developers. But Vision OS is heavily based on having many windows. So I think Flutter has to reach multi-window support for that to even be viable, really, for Vision OS. Uh, So just a quick aside there. Any other thoughts from any of you on stage? And also, if any of you in the audience would like to join us on stage, just hit the microphone Button, you can come up on stage and ask questions, comment on anything you want related to Flutter's twenty twenty four roadmap.
3: Uh, I was wondering uh, about Dart um, on server. Uh, I see, uh, I see some uh, people on on, uh, um, on the on the audience and. Uh, 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 the the roadmap talk about uh, Flutter about Dart. Uh, is there something missing fundamentally uh, on uh, on the Dart side to uh, for the for the server side? I I, I build uh, some project with a shelf uh, in production uh, and it was. Uh, Simple projects uh, on the, um, uh, one on uh, Google Cloud, uh, on uh, another in a in a, in a managed uh, server, and uh, it was good. Um, and uh, I wonder what what can be done uh, on this that side to to help for the server side uh, uh, development.
0: I do see that Dylan is in the audience. So Dylan, if you would like to come up and talk at all about that, feel free to hit the microphone button. I'll say that on my end, I don't know. I don't have enough server, Dart server side uh, experience to answer that question. I'm not sure I'm not sure what's really lacking on the server. I don't know if it's pack, not enough packages to help with networking behaviors or maybe not enough database integrations or if it's actually a language problem. I just don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, uh,
3: from for my point of view, uh, limited. Uh, it's um, a, a lack of... Uh, there are a, a lot of um, a smallest uh, ecosystems and uh, a lot of other language. Uh, of course, uh, a, a lot of tools of uh, database uh, uh, integration, uh, but um, uh, It's a very capable uh, language. Uh, I'm sure Dylan (laughs) will not uh, say uh, the opposite. Uh, Maybe uh, people don't know about it, so uh, it needs time. Uh,
0: And for the rest, I don't know. Well, Dylan, welcome to the stage. Would you like to uh, discuss any of what Eric mentioned about Dart on the server side?
5: Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think there is, uh, there is a shortage of packages that really work well on the server. And I mean, like some of the things that I run into are like, there will be a cool package that the Flutter team publishes, like, this is going to sound silly, but like there's one called path provider for windows. And it's basically just like some FFI bindings to the windows, uh, core libraries. But um it's published with a dependency on Flutter, which means that like if I want to bring it into the Celeste CLI and use that, I'm not able to just because it has that dependency on Flutter, even though like theoretically it could just be a Dart only package. So like that kind of stuff I feel like happens quite a bit in the ecosystem. I think too, like if you go to like a language like Go or Rust or like Java, you know, there's just like this plethora of utility libraries available for just about any task you want to solve. Um I think that's like a lot of time missing from the Dart ecosystem. Like I know there's a lot of work, for example, to have like a Postgres and MySQL uh, library for for Dart. And I've seen a lot of good work done on that, but it's like, it has to be, it's like completely driven by the community. Um, and there's just not a lot of members of the community that are building Dart server-side apps right now. So it's just a kind of a slow going process. Um, I also think like the concurrency model in Dart uh, is probably not ideal for server side stuff. I, I mean, I think it's really cool. I think isolates are cool. Like uh, message passing is, is great for, for safety, but um, it's just kind of clunky. I feel like sometimes to do uh, like highly parallel work. So, yeah, those are kind of some of the things that stick out to me.
0: Yeah. You brought up isolates and, uh, and that whole model there. I know there there have been some tickets filed to talk about things like mutable shared memory between isolates, bringing back some of the power of, of threading that other languages get by default. Uh, along those lines, and this isn't a server-side use case, but still kind of a Dart language-level issue. A couple years ago, I think we talked about this in the last call, I can't remember, but a couple years ago I worked with Simon Lightfoot and we tried to bring an audio package into Flutter through Dart FFI. Uh, I think it might have been port audio or mini audio or some C package that that just gave you control over audio buffers. And the nice thing about that capability is you can fill those buffers with whatever you want. If you want to just load and decode an MP3 or something, you can do that, but you can also generate your own audio. So, I was going to try to use that to start looking into real-time audio synthesis. Uh, think think, pure data, think Ableton, that kind of direction. The problem was, the way those packages work is that you register a callback with the package. And the package, let's let's just say it's mini-audio. I forget if that's the one that it is, but let's call it mini-audio. So, mini-audio calls back into your code and it says, hey, Here's a buffer that I want you to fill with audio data, and then we'll play it through the audio system. Well, that callback needs to happen on a specific thread from the C side, but at that time, at least Dart gave no control over which thread it was called back on, so it was it was just calling back on the wrong thread. It, so it blows up right there. Uh, the next problem is that obviously, if you're going to fill that buffer with data, that data is coming from outside your callback, right? And your whole application doesn't exist in this little callback, but you can't, you can't cross isolate boundaries. So your audio data is waiting to be used, but you can't get access to it to put it in the buffer. That's problem number two, blew up. And then even if both of those problems were solved, Dart uh, being a garbage collected language, you can't have garbage collection running during a a low latency audio call. You You need to guarantee that that call is gonna happen as quick as possible. It's low latency mode. Dart has no such low latency promise. And unfortunately, based on some ticket discussions, it sounds like the language developers do not want to bring that to Dart. And so at least for my own dream, of being able to implement real-time audio synthesis in Dart and Flutter, that seems it seems like that's not gonna happen in the world of Dart due to those limitations. So just thought I'd mention some other ways that uh, that Dart isolates and threading limit what we can do.
5: Yeah, I've run into issues like that before. Um, I think, I mean, the good news I think is that like the Dart team and the Flutter team are like, are what? from what I've seen, like are aware of all these issues and they are trying to, I think, solve it in a really good way with things like um, the native assets feature that's coming in Dart. Um, the problem is just like, it's such a big effort that it's just like, you know, these have been issues for, for years and still are not resolved. So unfortunately, like, I think it's, I think it's good that they're aware of it. That, it's good that they're trying to fix it the right way, but it just takes a while.
0: Yep, that's definitely true. It's definitely... Uh, a long timeline. Of course, I you know one I've tried in, in my own ways to help the timing issue over the years. I mean one thing one thing I tried to do a month ago or so was I offered I told the flutter framework team like listen, if if one of you will come and work with me, I will record us solving real flutter bugs going through the issue, going through development testing, going through pull requests. And I will produce those videos and put them on my channel so that more people know how to help contribute to Flutter and zero people on the Flutter team took me up on that. So I will say personally, it gets a little irritating when we keep we keep running into, Dylan, what you just said, which is it takes so long to get well-known things done. That essentially means the Flutter effort doesn't have enough labor but then the flutter organization just refuses to do simple things that would increase the labor. And so it's like, well, you can't, I mean, can you really have it both ways? Can you complain that you don't have enough help and then not take any steps to increase the amount of help that you have? For me, that gets a little bit frustrating. Um, I, there, I just want to recognize a couple questions that were posted. And by the way, for those of you on stage, you're welcome to jump in at any time with anything you want to say. Uh, a couple questions were posted. One is asking me from Neelish, uh, would like to hear my thoughts on Flutter Signals package by Rody Davis. I haven't really looked into it. I have seen lots and lots of discussion about it. It seems to be discussed as a state management package. My view on state management is that I try to never talk about it because I think it's a complete waste of time. I think developers have invented complexity that they call state management so that they can debate state management packages and developers can write new state management packages and get social attention. I'm not saying that's what happened with Flutter Signals. I'm just saying if it's state management, I'm just not interested in the topic. Um, I, you know, I don't use blocks. I don't use RiverPod. I don't use Gitx. I don't use any of that stuff in any of the code that I write. Flutter Signals, based on a little bit of the social media stuff that I've seen, it's possible that it has some domain-specific abilities, like a moment ago, I mentioned real-time audio synthesis. It might be the case that Flutter Signals, because of the way it connects data sources, might actually be an interesting tool for real-time audio synthesis to combine audio streams. But I don't know, I haven't used it. So in terms of state management, no interest at all. In terms of certain domain uses, maybe Flutter Signals uh, has some unique capabilities. Also, uh, Frank said, in this new release, I wonder if Flutter slash Dart can already exploit a GPU to an interesting degree to do complex processing without needing to write C++. I'm expecting better performance than the previous version. Uh, it didn't seem like there was much of anything written in in the roadmap on that front. I believe there is either a Dart GPU or Flutter GPU package. I haven't looked much into that. I'm not sure what all it's doing but I do expect that as impeller matures, I I hope and I think that part of impeller maturing is that it will provide more and more access to uh, the GPU pipeline for Dart developers. I think, uh, and then also there was a question, has anyone run a Flutter app on Apple Watch? So I have not. I don't know if anybody else in the audience has, if you have, feel free to come up and talk about that experience. Uh, I do think there are some... guess, Salah, did you want to jump in on that one?
1: Yeah, I was going to say something about it, uh, because right now I I also have a, a watch application for the company I'm working on. Of course, uh, from the beginning, we tried to see which one was the better framework to develop the application. Our first talk was always Flutter, but Because at the time, the Flutter developer, the Flutter ecosystem wasn't, wasn't that or at least I think that still now is not ready for developing Flutter applications in the watch OS because like uh, I had to develop the application, the watch OS application in SwiftUI and to be honest, it was kind of easy. It wasn't that hard. Uh, SwiftUI provides most like everything you need to develop uh, comfortably. Well-developed application, and yeah, that's why that's what I think for developing Flutter apps for the watch. I think that it's not not really recommended right now.
0: Yeah, it's pro- probably the watches are one of the last places that Flutter should try to go. I think Flutter should make it really easy to do everything that a typical app wants to do on mobile, desktop, and web, and then if Flutter masters that then maybe Flutter makes sense on a watch. But you know, a watch is like a much more constrained version of everything else. It's physically smaller, much less processing power, much less available space. It has to it has to communicate over certain channels with apps running on your phone. So it, it it's probably not worth the effort anytime soon.
1: Yeah, that's right, Matt. Totally agree with you.
0: Great. So Bomek asked, why do I think state management is a developer-created issue? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you to an earlier episode. Balmik, I can't remember if you joined us or not when we had Remy on the show. If you go to flutterspaces.com, uh, you scroll down a little ways, you'll find a discussion that we had with Remy. We went into a number of directions about the concept of state management, and I think you'll find in there, I think I explained most of my views on state management in that episode. And I think we're probably at a good place to start wrapping up. So let me just open up to any final thoughts. For those of you on stage or any of you in the audience who would like to join, come on stage. Are there any final thoughts about the roadmap or anything else flutter and dart before we start closing up shop today?
4: Uh, hello, may I say one thing? Of course. Uh, okay, uh, you were talking about Apple Watch, uh, but I want to talk about um... Apple TV OS, like I think there is a one uh, custom engine on GitHub. I saw it's like uh, created by uh, not not officially by Flutter, but it can be useful uh, for uh, TV OS. But uh, I'm not. There are still I I I tried that uh, that custom engine, and I was able to build uh, uh, Apple TV OS application. But I think it's not uh, still. There are some some things are just disabled, and there are some warnings and messages, but still uh, it's uh, it's possible to run the Flutter application in Apple TV. It's it's perfectly, uh, like, uh, it's, it's good still, but uh, I'm thinking maybe Flutter officially will support Apple TV OS or not, because I think uh, there are many uh, people or many companies making an application, like, especially streaming platforms uh, for Android TV. Also, Flutter supports Flutter Web, so they can uh, build also... Uh, application basically for webOS, other smart TVs, like most of the smart TVs can uh, support for the web application, to, like kind of web view application. Uh, d- like, do you think uh, there will be uh, support for Apple TV? I think it's uh, a bit different than other platforms because it's not like Jester, it's a uh, remote controller and uh, everything is a bit different than uh, other platforms. Maybe that's that was the blocker for them. I- I'm not sure. Just I, must, I want to share.
0: I think some people have successfully built Flutter apps for various TV platforms, but it's true that obviously when you create a new Flutter project, it doesn't ask you if you want to target the TV OS. And so in terms of official support like that, uh, I haven't heard anything from the Flutter team ever about supporting that stuff. And obviously it's not in this year's roadmap at all, not even hinted to. So my guess is, Either it will never be supported, probably similar to the watch, either it will never be supported or it is many years away from entering the roadmap because there are so many things that are a higher priority for the Flutter team than something like that.
4: Uh, okay thank you yeah probably it won't be but yeah there are some community make some uh, custom engines uh, for apple support because it's not possible to run a flutter application with the official engine uh directly on tvs i think it's some it requires something uh but yeah that there is some uh good uh Good things. There are some uh, repo about it, and people can compile their own custom engine. I think, yeah, because I wanted to say that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for letting us know. That makes sense. Uh, so it sounds like there's already a custom Flutter engine build out there if somebody wants to to use that for TVOS. Might be a similar thing for Android's TV offering. I don't even remember what it's called, but there might si- similarly there might be uh, an engine build for that. Because the engine, of course, is what is what really connects Flutter to the platform-specific code. If you go look in the Flutter engine, there's going to be a lot of it in C and C++, but you're also going to find Android code in Java. You're going to find iOS code in Objective-C, Windows code probably in C Sharp or something. So the engine includes a lot of platform-specific stuff. And therefore, if if tvOS require, has special platform bindings, then it requires extensions at the engine level, which is why there would be a custom engine build. All right, any other final thoughts before we start to wrap things up? If anybody in the audience, this is your last call to come up on stage if you'd like to say anything, otherwise we'll we'll start shutting things down. On the way out here, uh, just a reminder that we do try to host these Flutter Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific. Usually, Ray is my co-host. He couldn't make it today. We record these so that we can, one, they're available on X, but also uh, I make them available through a podcast, the Flutter Spaces podcast. If you go to flutterspaces.com, you can see a history of our shows, and you can listen to the podcast there, or, of course, you can get the podcast through Uh, I think Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all the major places. For those of you who are new, who don't know me, my name is Matt Carroll. I'm a former member of the Flutter team. I was on the team from 2018 to 2020. Since I left in 2020, I've focused on all things Flutter outside of Google. That means uh, contract development, consulting, corporate training, YouTube education, all of that. If any of you or your teams would like to hire me for proprietary Flutter development, you can check out superdeclarative.com. And if you're on, if you work for a company that would like to stop spending money to reinvent the wheel, we uh, I have a team called the Flutter Bounty Hunters where we work exclusively on open source Flutter and Dart packages where we try to build things that the community needs so that Flutter startups don't have to keep uh, rebuilding things that everybody else has already built. So you can check out flutterbountyhunters.com if your team would like to work with us to build some of those solutions. So with that, we don't have any outstanding requests to come up on stage. So I'm going to go ahead and call it. This has been Flutter Spaces for February 21st, 2024. And we've discussed the Flutter 2024 roadmap. Thank you all for being here. Thanks to those of you who came up on stage to chat with all of us. And I hope to see you next week. Have a good one.